podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And you're listening to Afraid Not. This is episode 67 with our friend, Melissa Zumwalt. Melissa ta- is going to talk about that how we are created for community. And especially when we're going through a dark time or our children are going through a dark time or any family member, it's important for us to understand that we were created for community, that we are not isolated, that there are other people that we can turn to, that we can ask questions that will walk with us. Melissa is someone that Jill and I are fortunate to call a friend. We have gone to church with her for years. We love her and her whole family. Melissa is a preacher's kid. She is a dancer. She's an awesome dancer, actually. She is a wife and a mom and has done all kinds of things from elementary education to preschool management of a preschool. And she's also now the assistant athletic director for Owasso Public Schools. And she's doing a really great job in this big position. We're so happy she agreed to be on Afraid Not today. So listen in. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, this is going to be fun, guys. Totally fun. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> and all of our listeners are going to be able to hear you share your story today. And we are just thankful for you coming on Afraid Not. And would you start us off by letting we and Jill and I already know how amazing you are and fun and cool and hilarious and awesome to be around. But they don't know this yet. So can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Let them have a peek into you and your family, your job, kind of just what you're all about these days in crazy 2021. Okay. Well, I don't know if I can live up to that, Robin. Crazy and hilarious and cool. I don't know. You are. You are, Melissa. That makes me feel good. Well, I am, was born, not many people know that I was born in Mississippi. All my family is from the South and we moved to Oklahoma when I was four for my dad to, he came in view of a call at a, a church in Tulsa. And so then I ended up growing up. So I'm probably way more oaky than um, than Southern these days, which I think Oklahoma, I guess, is kind of Southern. But um, anyway, so we grew up there. I'm the baby of four. My brother is the oldest and the rest of us are girls and um, went to school in Tulsa. And um, then I, I danced all the way up growing up, um, which was kind of funny back in the 80s as a Baptist pastor's girl being a dancer, you know, but I liked the <laughs> And, um, and then I went to college to dance, um, at a little school in East Texas called Kilgore college, which is a big, um, like if you're in that world dance team world, that's a big deal. And so I got the privilege of doing that. And then I came home, it's just a two-year school, um, came home after that to finish my um, degree in education. And, um, I had met my husband Um, we were in the same youth group growing up, but we didn't really know each other. And we kind of connected after I came home and, um, started dating and got married in 1998. Um, we have two girls, Carson is 17, Campbell is 13. And, um, we 
live here in Owasso. We love it here. We love the life we've built here and our friends and the community. And um, we're just doing our thing. So that's a little my story in a minute, I guess. So fun. And at the Kilgore dance team, was that like a kind of a palm squad with palm hands or was it more like you were doing jazz and moves that yes. like leaps and things like that? Yes. So um, up here, we probably would call it dance team. In Texas, it's called drill team. So um, it's that big, there are 70 members on the line. And wow. Yes. So they are kind of the original dance drill team to put, you know, that performance look on the field at halftime. And, um, but then they also do all different types of dancing. And so, oh, it was such a great experience. We got to travel all over the place and perform. And I met some of my dearest friends and it was just a really, really cool time. Uh, Something our listeners may not know about me is that Oh my goodness, that's so right down my alley. I would have loved something like that. It sounds so amazing to me. That sounds so fun. And I loved Tom Squad in high school, which was similar, but not quite as advanced dance-wise, but so much fun. So fun. Well, I want to hear more about how you and Rusty reconnected because he is such a sweet husband to you, and I'd love to hear your story. He's a hard. Oh my goodness. Y'all, if you've not met Rusty... Well, you have to sit really close to Rusty to know that he's funny because most of his commentary is very quiet and subtle and very dry humor. But, oh, we just, that's one of my most favorite things about him is how funny he is. But like I said, we um, grew up in the same youth group. He was three grades ahead of me. He's really just two years older than I am, but he was three grades ahead of me. So he didn't really give me the time of day, of course, when we were little, but um we um, we knew who there was. And, um, like I said, I went off to school in Texas and Rusty was playing baseball at Southeastern Oklahoma State in Durant. Um, and he ended up staying on as a GA to get his master's. And so we were, um, we happened to come home at Easter and my dad at the time was the interim pastor at Garnet Road Baptist Church And Rusty's dad was on staff at Garnett Road as the um, education minister. And we saw each other at Easter and just kind of said hi, you know. Um, And then um, I got back to school that that next Monday. And on my answering machine, if y'all can remember answering machines when we had them in our dorm rooms, gotten my number from he'd gotten his dad to get my number from my dad and he called and said could we go out sometime when we both get home this summer and so um so we went out on a first date and I came home and my mom asked me how it went and I said all he talked about was baseball and I was like (laughs) but um slowly but surely he asked me out again and I got to see that kind of funny side and um Oh, he just won me over. He's just a blast to be around. And so anyway, 22 years, we've been married for 22 years. So. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So how did you get into education? Well, my mom is a teacher and um, I think, I mean, you know how that is. We were, when we're little girls, I wanted to be a mom first and foremost, but you know, my favorite thing to play was let's play school. My mom would bring home, she taught elementary school and back in the day, the the sample textbooks that they would have, she would always have those around and we would, 
we would play school and invite our little neighbor friends over. And um, I think I'm bossy by nature, so that I can invite it honestly, probably. But um, it was just always something I wanted to do. So um, I decided to go the route of elementary ed. And so I taught second and third grade. My first teaching job was um, second grade. And y'all, I'm telling you, I got it in the middle of the year. So I started um, after Christmas. I had done my student teaching in the fall. And then um, they, had an, they had an opening at the school where I had done my student teaching, which happened to be the same elementary school where I had attended. And my teachers were still there. So it was really cool. But um, they had a job and I applied for it and I got the job. So I started in December and I got this sweet little class of second graders and bless their hearts. I know I had to have been clueless about what I was doing. You know, I remember that first day, you know, they all came in I was so excited and I had my room all set up cute and I closed the door and I was like, what do I do with them now? But um, God just blessed me. And I guess, you know, it was, it was just in my blood. My mom, like I said, my mom was a teacher. My sister is a teacher. Um, my dad being a, a pastor just kind of has that teaching nature about him, but um, I, I guess I grew into it a little bit because they they kept me, and um, I taught second grade um, for three years, and then I got, I got to loop with a class one year up to third grade, and that was my most favorite because those sweet babies were so precious to me. Um, So I just loved it. And after we um, found out we were pregnant with Carson, it had taken us a while um, to get pregnant with her. And my heart was just, I I wanted to be a mama. So I I took a year's leave of absence to stay home with her. And that's when I um, connected. We were already attending First Baptist Owasso. We were members there, but I connected with their, they were just starting. They were kind of building their preschool, their weekday preschool program from just a little Mother's Day out. They were building it and they asked me if I would teach. And that's how I got connected with King's Kids. And then of course, stayed there for um, 16 years. And then I was the director for the last 13. Wow. Just never thought really that I would, um, would I, I was really an elementary girl at heart, not early childhood. I did not want to do kindergarten or pre-K or anything. And again, I found myself in a classroom not knowing what I was doing. Um, God put the most precious co-teacher with me, Shelby Mosby, and um, she had taught preschool for years and kind of guided me along. And I fell in love with those little babies and really found a heart for early childhood. And so um, that's kind of where I landed at King's Kids. And of course, it, it became this most special place to me where I was for a long period of my adult life in my early mothering years. So see, I was not going to be a teacher because there were too many teachers in my family. And that's what everybody thought I was going to be. We're like, uh-uh. I'm not. And then I was like, fine, I will, but not elementary. And then I ended up teaching secondary, elementary, and early. Did you really? I did not know that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. You know, never say never. I know. I know both of my girls right now are saying, I don't want to teach. And I'm like, well, wait and see about that. And I can speak for how well you did at King's Kids. I know you're not going to say that because you're too humble, but you made such a great impact there, Melissa. It was a huge thing that you were a part of building. And King's Kids is today 
such a great LM, uh, preschool program in part because of all of the love and, and effort you invested and it built into a pretty amazing program that has impacted so many children. And I know that you probably did not see coming the big change you had this past year, but I know you did have a big job change. So tell us about that. And I did. I did. Um, <laughs> well, so yeah, like I said, I was at King's Kids for all those years and Robin, I can't God just used me there. I mean, I, I will fully give credit to give it all to him because, man, he just blessed my time there. The the women that I got to work with, the families that we got to see there, um, I mean, that was, I, it was, it's really cool to be able to say, I know God used me because I can see the growth. I can see what happened. I saw families join the church because of it, but um but man, that is not me, not me one ounce, because um, it was just a really cool thing to see God grow it and make it into what it is and such a special place. But um, last fall, really before, um, really, okay, so the fall of 2019, I should say, I was at King's Kids and I just started feeling this stirring in my heart. I still love being there. Nothing had happened, but I just started feeling this I think it's time for a change. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that meant. Um, I was um, having a blast. I was doing King's Kids, but I was also coaching the Varsity Palm Squad at Owasso High School at the time. And um, Which my, was early, right? 7 a.m. every day? Yeah, 6.30 a.m. every day. Yes. Wow. And that 30 minutes makes a big difference. So. Yes, it All does. Out there, how many of you can relate to that? Would that be too early for you? Because she did it for a long time. <laughs> With teenage girls, like that, that's all the difference too. So Jill knows she, she had to get one up there that early. I did. And she had a hard time getting there that early. So I'm, yes, I know. (laughs) But it was, it was a blast. I was having a blast and my, my girls were getting older and they're at Owasso. And I just started feeling this pull to put all my eggs in one basket, maybe, or I'm, you know, I was doing the preschool thing, but I was doing Palm at Owasso, my kids were at Owasso, and I just felt like I was constantly changing hats, and and I just kind of started feeling like maybe God was saying, hey, I want you to pour all your energy into one place, so started praying about it, and but it just was kind of like, me, you know, I don't really know what that looks like. I still love being at King's Kids, so, you know, we'll just see what happens, and then, of course, March of 2020 comes, and um, the life changes drastically for everybody, you know, and, um, man, first Baptist and, um, King's kids were so blessed with the cares act. Like we were able to pay the teachers through all of that. And, um, I just saw him still working. I mean, these sweet, precious families that we had loved were calling and saying, can I donate the tuition towards my child's teacher? I mean, they were just precious and it was just, again, seeing God work and, and this place that I had been blessed to be a part of for so long. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking, okay, I'm just going to be here, you know? Well, um, in la- later on, I think it was around May, um, all of a sudden I saw one day that um, Bill Patterson, who was the assistant athletic director at Owasso, um, was stepping down and the job was posted. And 
I called Zach Dutfield, who's the athletic director, and I just said, hey, I said, I know we've kind of talked back and forth, but I said, you know, what do you think? And um, he was like, you know, Melissa, this is a this is a big job. You know, I mean, I don't know if you're ready to, you know, it's, a, it's 12 months, you work year round. And I don't, you know, he said, I'm not, not, I'm not telling you one way or the other. I'm just telling you, I don't, I don't really think that this is what you're looking for, but I think you would be a great person to apply and just get the experience of the interview and all of that. And I, I got off the phone. I was like, mm, yeah, okay. That answered that. Again, the stirring, you know, God just kind of tugging on my heart. And um, so I put my name in the hat and um, applied for it and went through the interview process. And I don't think anybody was as shocked as I was when they called and offered me the job. I told them in the interview, I said, I consider myself to be an athletic person, but um, like you throw a ball in the mix. I am a disaster. I mean, you know, I love watching sports. I love, I've been, I've coached things like that. But as far as like, she's sporty. I don't know that anybody would say that. And so it was a shock to me and um, super excited, you know, and I'm like, God, this is exactly, exactly what you were doing. This is the stirring. This is, you know, I'm really great about putting all the things in this little box and, and I love to put the bow on it. You know, I love to, and, and God always goes, Hey, if anybody's going to put a bow on this, it's going to be me. It's not going to be you sis and hold your horses. So I started the job last July and I love the people that I'm working for, but y'all, I quickly found out I was in over my head. I was in uncharted territory. I, um, I was like, what have I done? This is, this is a mess. You know, I mean, I had gone from all these girly, girly world. I had girls, I coached girls, I worked with women. And now I'm finding myself in this like predominantly male world. And um, all these plans and thoughts that I had of what I could bring to the table as far as pouring into student athletes and developing strong leaders. And, and then all of a sudden everybody says, Hey, you can't do that. We can't because of COVID we had all these guidelines and um, procedures and Hey, we're not going to be able to do extra things this year. We're just grateful they're getting to play and we're going to have to just rein back in. And I was like this Lord, no, this is, I am not equipped for this. I am not, um, this is not where you want me to be. I'm getting emotional thinking about it. It was dark and lonely. And um, I just, man, I just doubted everything. I doubted, what did I do? How did I misread this? Did I just um, completely just jump in thinking, I will be the first to admit I am prideful. And if somebody tells me, you know, you're so good at this. I'm like, okay, yeah, I am. (laughs) And um, me and I jumped in and it was a season of the Lord really humbling me. And, you know, I had been at King's Kids for so long. I knew what I was doing. I felt really um, equipped and, and um, I felt like I led well there. And now I'm in this world where 
I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And I was having to relearn how to lead in a different way and relearn how to work with different people. And, you know, and um, it was hard. Did you also notice a difference of people, amount of time you were with people, like from going to the life you had been of just being involved and in and out with the preschoolers and seeing all the people to, oh, I have an office and I sit in an office. What? What was that like? Absolutely. Oh, Robin, isolating, isolating. I mean, like you said, um, I was in and out. Number one, I was with the staff full of friends women that were my friends and families. One of my most favorite parts of the day at King's Kids was opening the door when it was time for everybody to come in and just greeting everybody in the morning. And um, I am bubbly and I love people, but I can be pretty introverted. And so that was a good controlled amount of like, good morning, everybody, you know, hey, seeing all the people. And then I could go in my office for a little while and then I could pop back out. Well, I am... all of a sudden I found myself sitting in this office and there are people that I love the people I work with in the office and um, the athletic staff, but it's um, everybody's got their job to do and we're all in separate offices and there aren't people coming through constantly. And certainly not this year in COVID, everybody was pretty limited and um, I didn't know them really well yet. And um, I just, like you said, I just felt isolated and lonely. And, um, and I just felt kind of purposeless because I knew, I knew what God called me to do when I was at King's Kids. And all of a sudden I'm in this place and all these plans that I had for what I was going to do in this job. And now number one, we couldn't do them, but God was like, well, maybe sis, it's because that wasn't what I had planned for you in the first place, you know? I mean, and I still am not quite exactly sure what his plans are for me there, but um, I had the dearest, he is now a dear, dear friend. At the time we were friends, but not super close, but he came in one day in November and just sat in my office and he was like, are you okay? And I said, no, I am not. I'm not okay. I'm I just don't feel like I am good at this. I don't feel like I'm equipped for this. I, and he, um, God just used him to encourage me and, um, just to tell me, you know, that he, I mean, and not, I'm not patting myself on the back when I say this, I'm, I'm hoping this is patting him on the back because he, um, he just spoke life into me, you know, and said, you know, we are so grateful that you're here and, you have um, just your personality has brought things here. And I'm like, you know, please, that is not and he, you know, and it just was such a sense of encouragement, but also just a reminder of how God just um, we're created for community and that God said, you're, you're not alone. I'm giving you people. If you will just open your eyes, it may not look like your old people. It may not look like what you thought would be here, but now I've given you this whole new tribe and they love you and they're, they want you to be a part of them. Just open your heart a little bit. And from that point on, it was kind of like God said, maybe put your plans aside. Let me work through you. And, um, and just because this wasn't what you thought it would be doesn't mean that this that you read this wrong, that I didn't lead you here, that this wasn't the right door. 
So um, things kind of started turning around. And um, honestly, just it's been a blast is I've spent at tennis and baseball and um, I'm getting ready to go to a track meet today. And things that, I mean, I, I had never been to a tennis match and I had the most fun yesterday morning watching those kids. I mean, they were, I mean, first of all, just the talent alone, but then um, just watching them compete and um, it was just a blast. And I, I was sitting there on the side of a hill. It was a gorgeous day. And I'm like, this is my job, you know? And it was just a really cool moment, full circle to go, man, God put you here, but he also just blessed you beyond measure to be able to do this. So, yeah. And I was going to say that we're having to record on Zoom today because what's the location? <laughs> Yes, and that's why it's kind of, I'm in a cave in Oklahoma City. Not really. It's just a hotel room, but it sounds echoey. <laughs> so welcome to the cave, everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love hearing how God's plans have unfolded in such a sweet and surprising way for you. And I wonder, so many people may be feeling that same way and resonating with this. And listeners, if you're kind of at the point where you're questioning and you're thinking, did I misread you, God? What is happening? I don't know if I made the right choice. Just hear from this, that God is with you and his plans are for your good. So, I mean, it's just neat to to take stock and look back over our shoulders and see, yes. oh my goodness, God had a great plan in every bit of this. He is making a beautiful thing. And Melissa, you have done a great job this year. And who knows what's in store for our next year with the hopefully less restrictions of COVID and those things that God put in your heart, the seeds of how you want to impact leaders in our athletics and um, things that you want to do to impact individuals, that those things can happen. Oh, we do hope. We hope for a mask. Oh, we do. We do. Please. (laughs) So. Melissa, do you know what your Enneagram number is? Okay, Jill, I'm um, I'm terrible at that. And it's so funny because I just um, was working on something with personality profiles like the Myers-Briggs and all of that. And the Enneagram just tosses me off every time because I start looking at all the things. I'm like, oh, I think I'm a three. No, I'm a nine. No, I think I'm a... So it's terrible. I don't. I don't. I'm just going to claim that I don't. I was just wondering when you were talking about your process and the questioning and stuff, if that had anything to do with that, but yeah, figure it out. I know. Well, I'm I'm (laughs) such an analyzer that I'm those, I always feel like those, those profile things come out. I've manipulated it somehow because I'm like, well, I think they want me to answer this way because I, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm a kind of a, just a disaster sometimes chill, you know, just, (laughs) Is there one that's that? Is a yeah, it's a called seven, which is me. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. yeah. There you go. Welcome to the club. Um, so is this, do you have a time other than this that things got kind of knotted and frayed for you? Um, it's been a hard, hard year to um, mothering wise. My, um, I have, like I said, I have two girls, my oldest Carson and, um, loves and eats and sleeps basketball 
And um, about two weeks after I, I started the job in July, and she plays on um, a club, a highly competitive club basketball team. And um, she had gone to Wichita to play in a tournament. And um, I didn't get to go because I was working. And um, I'm, they were Facebook living all of the games. Thankfully, my husband was with her. And I'm watching um, on the live stream, she had the ball, she dribbles down, she goes up for a layup and just this girl was blocking her. The girl, it wasn't malicious or anything, but the girl goes up for a block and Carson goes down and she tore her ACL. Um, and I'm watching this all through a screen. And of course, we get her home and figure it all out, take her to the doctor and she is absolutely devastated. And um we um, we have the surgery in August and we're kind of getting on back, back on track with um, rehab. And she knows that she's probably going to miss her high school season with this recovery. But we're trucking along. You know, we're doing OK. And um, y'all, it got really, really dark. And um, I um, I watched her struggle so much with finding her identity as far as who I've always been, which is this basketball player who has been successful. Um, her name is Carson. Carson's really smart and um, academically smart. Things have always come pretty easily to her. Um, and even athletically, she she works her tail off, but she's it's always just kind of come easily. And all of a sudden, she's finding herself in this place where she can't, you know, it's not easy. Rehab is not easy. And um, working your way back to earn your skills back is not easy. And um, you put um, COVID and quarantining and isolation on top of that. And that is a recipe for some scary, dark stuff. And as a mom, watching your kid go through this and just wanting more than anything to um, to make it better, to take it away, to, I mean, the number of times I told her, if I could take your place, if I could trade you, I would. And you can't, you have to just watch them go through it. And um, we have navigated some dark times together and just trying to, um, trying to work through, you know, I, your identity is who you are in Christ, not in how well you play basketball or in how successful you are in the classroom or so. Um, she asked me about, um, Oh, in, in January, probably she said, you know, mom, I just feel so far away from the Lord. I feel, um, I feel like I've, I don't even know how to pray anymore. I don't. And we were recognizing some signs of depression with her at that point. And, um, we, we kind of talked through it and I said, would you like to, she said, I just, I need something to get me back in the word. So we started looking for a Bible study to do together. And, um, I'm telling you y'all, I think it was the, well, I know it was the Lord that just put this right in front of me, but we found, and we didn't even start that until probably March, but, um, we found the study on Elijah by Priscilla Shire. And um, we started, now mind you, I, I love women's Bible study. So I had this picture of us, like we'd work through our workbook and then we'd meet together, like you do a Bible study and we would discuss our homework and then we would watch the video together. And um, 
because that's ladies Bible study. That was the vision I had of this. So Carson and I, we started out on the, you know, I order our workbooks and everything. And the first week we get together to discuss our homework. And she's like, Oh, really? That's what, that's how we do this. And I'm like, yeah. So it has been so much fun for her and kind of like, I mean, she, it's a challenge now to see if we can underline the same things, if, you know, things like that. But um, we've watched these, each lesson, we've, we've kind of, it's taken us forever to get through it because our schedules are crazy. But um, we've, we've met, tried to every week and watch the videos and we finished it last week. And oh my gosh, the story of Elijah, I think everybody, if y'all are listening to this, go read the story of Elijah because it will speak to you in whatever you've gone through this year, because it was all about, I think we all know about Elijah and how um, you, you think of one or two, one of two things. You're either thinking about him on Mount Carmel where he calls down the fire, or you're thinking about him hiding in the cleft of the rock when he hears God's still small voice. So that, I mean, that's what we think of when we hear from Elijah, but Priscilla guides you through God called Elijah to do big, big things. But what I didn't realize is that there was this waiting period before, before Mount Carmel happened. He took him and hid him in the wilderness in this, this Cherith place for close to two years. And she really hit home on the fact that just because God called you to something big and unanimous, which he has for all of us, it doesn't mean that that's going to happen immediately. And a lot of times the waiting in the building up and the equipping you for that looks quite different than your big plans, Melissa, for walking into this new place and implementing all the th- these you know new plans or your big plans, Carson, of I'm going to tear my ACL and come back stronger than ever. It takes time. And we, I'm every week we were like, it's like, it's like God wrote the story of Elijah just for us at this time. And it's been such a precious time for us as a mom and daughter to go through it together. But man, it's really grown our faith with the Lord stronger too. So that's been, that's been really, really cool. I, love yeah, I think one of the hardest things a parent can ever go through is walking a dark path. Cause you do, you're like, I would give anything to switch places but they have to walk their own path. Yeah. Hard. Like, I, and I think that that's, you, you just can't get that as a mom until you're there and you just, you truly understand like why the Lord sacrificed Jesus because how much harder is it to sacrifice your child than for you to just do it, you know? So true. How God feels about us even. Like yes. Thing up and we keep going to these dark places and he's like just walk out and come here oh, oh so yes that so good do you have any other resources besides um elijah the elijah bible study that you want want to share um y'all that really has been like my major find for the year i am um, i obviously the um the Bible app and I have been buddies at school in, in my office this year. So, um, but when I was, um, when I was thinking about it, that is the one for this year that I have just, man, I I think I could go back and do it again. Yeah. Um, Robin and I've been doing the Bible study app, the Bible recap 
<clears throat> so I, I did it last year and I started it over again this year. And it's just one of those things that when you get in the habit of it, mm-hmm. that's what I have to do in the morning when I get up. So. Right. Right. So often the personal touch from the Lord is so humbling to me and it just, it is so intimate and it's almost shocking too of, oh Lord, you care so much for me that you planned this for my day today. You knew I needed this and you let me see it right now. And that's available to every believer. Listeners today, that's available to you. The amazing living word of God, when you open it, whether it's through your Bible app on your phone or your actual hard copy Bible, or you're just meditating on a verse that you've memorized in your heart, the Holy Spirit makes the word of God come alive and uses a spiritual highlighter to just let your eyes see this is for you today. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So beautiful. And um, we just encourage you, Melissa and Jill and I encourage you, if you're listening to this and you're wondering, does God have something for me? Yes, he does. Yes. And we couldn't make it through a day without him. And <laughs> yes, he has something for you too, listeners. Yes. Amen. 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 So much for sharing with us and taking a break from your all your busy tennising today. <laughs> so we Thanks so much for having me, you guys. This was so fun. I feel like I was just rambling my stuff off, but I'm a, I'm a big talker. So anyone that will sit, <laughs> you know. it was we, great. We loved having you. You did such a beautiful job sharing your story, and we our prayer is that our listeners today would hear your heart and be reminded that God is there for. Each listener, every one of us, God is here. And so, Melissa, thank you. And we hope that you are blessed in return for what you've done and just sharing, being vulnerable. Thank you so much. Thanks, y'all. This was fun. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We are so glad you were here today. Something that Jill and I are grateful for in this conversation with Melissa is how it resonates with us in a particular way. There's a specific Bible verse that God has used in Jill's life and my life that you may be blessed to hear today. It's Isaiah 43, 19, and it says this, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This really is a special verse of how personal God is in our lives. And Melissa shared that when God was stirring her heart before the job change, before she even knew what was going to happen, He worked in her heart. He let her know there's something coming. And I feel so grateful that God does that in each of our lives. He is doing a new thing and we can trust Him. And sometimes when we are moving in a direction that we think God's told us to go, but it doesn't go the way we thought it should go. We start questioning if it was the right decision. And I liked how she talked about just because it's not going exactly the way we planned for it to go does not mean that it's not the right place. Sometimes we just have to take our hands off the wheel and let him move the direction he wants it to go. So make sure that you um, subscribe to our show, tell a friend, If you will go and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, that helps people be able to find us. 
So um, we appreciate you guys and we hope you guys have a great week. And enjoy your summertime, whether you are leaving a school time schedule and heading into a summer or whether you are just in the, the midst of your, your week and, and ending up your May, we just are thrilled that you're making Afraid Not part of your life. And as you head into June, we will be in your earbuds in a couple weeks. We hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening.